Hello, Nana Faithful. You're tuned into the Awkward Throat Clear, and that quirky voice you hear is me, Aaron Chalupa, alias the Chalupa Cabra. As you might have noticed, this upcoming episode is part one of two. There was just so much to chat about with our old friend, Miss D. Seastrom, and sharing the spotlight with her is her hockey PIC, Kyle Volk. These two give us the lowdown on the record-setting highest-altitude hockey game ever, and their own experience in the region of Ladakh, India. We hear about the struggles, the highs, pun intended, and the lows. This tournament was definitely not for the faint of heart. But moving right along, here it is, the Ladakh Lowdown. <coughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to the o- the <coughs> Awkward throat clear. Now here's your host, Erin Chalupa. Yeah. yeah, that's fine, that's fine. So this is recording, and bring up my notes, and we'll edit this out, obviously. <clears throat> Alright, how's it going there, not 30 podcast listeners and likers of the Awkward Throat Clear? This is your host, Aaron Chalupa, the Chalupa Cabra. I'm here with Kyle Volk. Okay, just want to make sure I got that one right. Nailed it. It's like, no, it's Volk. <laughs> and our old friend, Misty Seastrom. How's it going, guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Misty, we've, we've talked to you before, um, and we were leading up to your guys' trip to India uh, to play in Ladakh. Ladakh. Ladakh? Ladakh? Yeah. A few okay. places up there. There's Ladakh. Ladakh's a region. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's kind of like the Okanagan or something like that. Yeah, exactly. All right, perfect, perfect. Yeah, it's always funny when you're like you're looking at places and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to the deck. It's like, which one? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I thought it was just one. You know, newbie traveler, me, you know, kind of thing. I'm just saying names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was your guys' weekend? It was St. Patty's Day. Did you guys uh, go to lacrosse games or the you know junior hockey at all or anything? We kind of had a schedule. We played three hockey games actually. Decent. Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So we went out after Saturday. We went out on St. Patty's mm-hmm. Day, but we didn't get out till like Saint Perfect's after Day after midnight. So it was a short-lived night. Yeah. Nice. Our game was at nine o'clock, and it was deep mm-hmm. in the south. So oh shit. Yeah. I went to Dirty Dive Bar because that's the only place without lines. So it was awesome. Right on, right on. You weren't short any players. You didn't want to give uh, your old uh, podcast oh, buddy a call. Oh, yeah. Only Perry and Lee remember me, <laughs> old Nitty. Oh, shit. We only shit. had uh, seven players on Saturday. No, we had, we had three Eight. subs, but then Buddy had gotten a game as Conic game before and didn't know that he was kicked out the next game. So then oh. the refs called him on it in the second period. So then we had two subs and we were like, we were like all, like neck and neck. And then after he left, we're like, we're done. And I think the other team had like two or three lines. Well, I'm really good when it comes to neck and neck. And I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Misty, we already covered a lot of your uh, history uh, with, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, hockey and stuff. I'm just going to focus on Kyle for now. Um, Kyle, what's your experience with hockey, uh, like your highest level and stuff? Um, well, I grew up in Winfield, BC and played most of my minor, or all my minor hockey career there, which mm-hmm. is just outside Kelowna, which most people don't know. Everyone calls <laughs> it Lake Country now, which is, I don't. Yeah. It's Winfield. Um, <laughs> so I played all uh, up until second year midget, and then I had a bit of taste of junior B here and there. Um, I was pretty small back in the day, so I had a rough go with that as they used to like bringing in bigger players back then. Yeah. I'm older, 32. Yeah. Um, so I kind of dropped my junior career right after 20 and just kept playing competitive men's hockey, mm-hmm. which is perfect for me. And then got into coaching a bit and coached uh, Pee Wee rep teams for oh, sweet. two, I think it was three years even with my buddy. 
Um, so that was a good experience. And then I started working in Alberta and I've been playing on men's teams in any city I've been working in because I'm a pipeliner, so I move around a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've played on a few senior teams when I've got the chance. So it's a good experience going back to hitting hockey. It's fun. But then when you have to work six days a week, 12-hour days, it kind of... Is it worth it at the end of the day when guys are taking runs at you or yeah. seven fights in a game? You're like, okay. So is this is this men's league like uh, competitive men's or is it just like beer league, beer league? Like uh, would, would your men's team go to the Allen Cup? Um, the one team we played for, I think the Allen Cup's AAA and this was a double-A team. So okay. Step down from that. Okay, but still pretty competitive. In, I can't even remember the name. It was in Cedric actually, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't right think on. they have a team anymore though. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny with like some of those legendary teams like... Um, uh, Alberta hockey for men's league has gone like very very deep in with the roots. Like there's lots of places that have had really really good teams. I forget what the one town, but I remember Bentley had unreal teams. Bentley, yeah, yeah, and like Bentley's Bentley, but you know it's just like oh yeah, legendary history and everything. They have a museum and everything too. It's and these rich oil guys that buy the team or own the team, mm -hmm. and then they just love the game of hockey so they bring in all these guys working for their company and they all have like usually juniors. So what's your work experience like? Well I've yeah. never worked on an oil field before but I play I, you know, I had to try it with the you know the Calgary Flames back in the 80s you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's almost like that in it some is places. Actually almost yeah. Like oh I, yeah I wouldn't doubt it. I think a lot of places in uh, the states the like competitive softball teams and stuff yeah. they'll actually bring like ringers and yeah, shit well, too. Some of those triple A senior teams they pay some of their players. Unbelievable. Like yeah. Edmonton League super competitive. Really? Like Ryan Smith Ryan is playing. Smith. Yep yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's another guy too. Frick, I forget his name. He he also played for the Edmonton Oilers like very very uh, limited time, but he was mostly like I remember him mo more so playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And oh, frick, I can't remember his name right now, but he's actually playing for the I think Stony Plain Eagles. Yeah, that's yeah Smith yeah. Sure. There's a few NHL players in yeah, that in that league, be. and obviously Smith Smithy's not the player he used to be, but still like that experience yeah. and you know like that that you know the pedigree and then just the, you know all that knowledge he has from coming from the NHL like it, like I understand he's not an initial player but it seems kind of yeah. you know fixed almost to a point like I remember when Theron Fleury got kicked out of the NHL for not going to rehab he actually went up north and went yeah. played for the Horse Lake Thunder yeah, yeah. Made him to come play yeah, yeah exactly like <laughs> like if he didn't go to this whole re rehab thing I think we'd like he'd almost be a shoe in for the Hall of Fame like unbelievable player yeah one of the slickest hands, you know, Canada's ever seen. He went to the Olympics twice for Canada, and he's playing for Horse Lake Thunder. Like, like, <laughs> all right, yeah, like, we'll just, you know, cover him. <laughs> Don't worry about the other players. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I've just kind of stuck to beer leagues, and uh, I move around a lot, so it's hard to get on the team sometimes. Mm -hmm. No, totally, I know what you mean. Yeah. I play, like, 10 games and then move, and so I'm sure it's frustrating for some teams to bring a guy in for a bit. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so, have you also played in a few of the NCHL draft tournaments too, or just one actually? Which uh, one was that? Canmore. That was two years ago now. Okay. It was the Star Wars themed one. Oh, okay. No, I didn't play against that one. Of it and just uh, I haven't been around. To totally. Commit to other ones. So yeah, you, you, you've been busy traveling India and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. There. That's a uh, that's a good way to get into that. Um, so you guys went to Ladakh, India. How how was that? Like, how, how was India as a whole? Like, where would you guys fly directly to? What was your... Um, well, yeah, just traveling there was quite the, like, quite the trek to get there. Mm -hmm. It was 10 hours to Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, you and, went that way? Yeah. <laughs> if we went from Vancouver, we went through all of Asia. Yeah. From Calgary, it's closer to go the other way, I 
Yes. Okay, interesting. So, 10 hours to Frankfurt, then had, I think it was like a two hour layover there. And then it was another 10 hour flight to Delhi. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a six hour layover in Delhi. And then like a quick hour and a half flight delay. So it was like 27 hours in total or something like that just to get to our destination. Man. So, yeah. Just beat. No, no, no lost luggage or equipment? No. no. Oh my God, goodness. So lucky. Yeah, no and kidding. actually like super good experiences because we had three, four bags of hockey gear with us and then also a stick bag. And then um, we put all of our actual clothes in one of Kyle's bag and we had our backpacks. So we had like seven pieces of luggage or whatever that math adds up to. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're not here for math, we're here for hockey. <laughs> and uh, so we got to, we thought we were like so slick showing up at the Calgary airport two hours, just over two hours ahead of time to get to Frankfurt. We're like, oh man, so on time, like just gonna be a breeze, psych, nope. Like, I guess there was another flight to somewhere else, so the line was massive, and we almost missed our flight there. And then, so you get your first piece of luggage free, because we're with Air Canada, and then the second piece of luggage each is $50, and then the third piece of luggage is actually $200 each. So we're like, oh, cool, I guess. (laughs) And, um... So that would have been like $600, $700 worth of luggage fees. Oh, shit. And then, the, or something like that. And then the lady's like, well, well, your bag that has like all your clothes in it, can you like make it a little bit smaller? Because then you can have that as a carry-on. And now you guys have three carry-ons. And then this becomes this bag, and this becomes this bag. And we ended up only paying $400 for the luggage fees because she was problem-solving for us. And then same as when we were going from Delhi to Leh, we had to switch airlines again. So we had the same issue, but it was even more expensive. Um, it was like bucks yeah, it was like $450, $500, yeah. and, but we did that, and then I had a prohibited, you're not really allowed to have alcohol in India, because in most parts it's illegal or against mm-hmm. religion, yeah, yeah. and so like I had a, a small bottle in my backpack, and they were like, you of course you did, it was Bailey's, oh yeah, good stuff, not even really alcohol, like waking up, sunrise, coffee and Bailey's in the Himalayas, are you kidding me, like, oh, oh that's, that's, that's like a coffee commercial right there. Yeah. Yeah, you should have been a spokesperson for Bailey's, Bailey's or something. Bailey's, listening, like I had footage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then they weren't going to let me take it. I'm like, well, can I just check my, my uh, backpack? And they're like, okay, I guess so. And so that would be another seven pounds, and it's like pounds per whatever. And yeah. And then just because we were so nice to everyone, and maybe they saw the desperation, they just let us go for free, because that would have been like another $50, $60. This girl really wants her alcohol. Like, <laughs> just, she's an alcoholic, let's just let her have it. You know, she's going to have uh, withdrawal <laughs> action. But yeah, so we ended up saving like 250 to $300 just because the airlines people were actually pretty nice and accommodating. So we didn't lose any luggage in Delhi. Airport is like a shit show trying to get your stuff. Kyle almost had an anxiety attack. I almost had a meltdown in Delhi. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> She's been in you before. I've been through Asia quite a bit, so I kind of know how like pushy people get. They don't yeah. Space, oh, yeah. It's just like a battle all the time. Delhi was kind of its own it. beast, and it was even worse. But the plane we flew in on um, was a full-on double-decker, mm-hmm. so it was a big plane. It's, yeah, I've been on one similar from Australia. Yeah, it took us probably like two hours to get our baggage. Yeah. yeah. But then everyone in India crowds the carousel, the baggage oh. carousel, as much as they can. That's when you get the broad shoulders and the elbows and just start swinging around. I had a retard and I was literally like three feet away from the carousel and some guy was parked up right in front of me and sat on his cart and I was just sitting there like, okay. 
And then when your bag's coming, no one moves out of your way. So you just have to, like, literally grab your bags and just, like, push it through people. Yeah. And, yeah, for oh. me, it's just, like, I don't like crowds like that. So, like, mm-hmm. it's stressed out quick. And it's just, it's like, I need to get out of here. Oh, man. I was, I, like, I went to Revelstoke with some of my buddies a couple weeks ago. And I was having, like, it wasn't that bad. But I was, like, in my head, I'm like, well, if everyone is a bit more organized, like, I should almost have, like, a, you know, a megaphone here. And be like, if you could go, like, alternate between each other. Because, like, it, one of the uh, lifts... It was a verge of like, or, or uh, two two lines were coming together, and there was people that were like, "No, I'm next. No, I'm next." And it's like, no, it's just one and the next, one and the next, so and stuff. Simple. You know, yeah, it's exactly. It's like be kind. Like we're all gonna get there, but it's like, no, me. And then there's other lines too. It's like singles. And they're like they're going, and it's like, well, you're a single, and there's four people in front of you and four people behind you. Let those people go and wait until there's like groups of two. You know, you should have thought about that before, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and I get my head. I'm just like. This is where, like, fascism comes in handy when it comes to lines, I've always found. Like, lines or getting on airport, airplanes oh, or things yeah. like that. It's like, just have a little bit of fascism there. That's when it needs to come into, like, play, where it's just, like, strict rules and bureaucracy and everything, yeah. where the rest of life is like, yeah, let's just be happy and everything. But people are stupid. People, people turn into cattle when it comes to lines. Yeah. And they're just pushy. Like, even when you're driving in the, like, um, on the road and stuff, like, yeah. on the deer foot. Oh, my God. Sorry, I had a little rant there, but oh, well, yeah, somebody cut me off today and I just wasn't happy. Yeah. I was already like a little bit, you know, triggered when I came into the house. I'm like, yeah, what, what's going on with you guys? <laughs> Fuck, I want to talk about this person that cut me off. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you know where I'm coming from, where you're coming from. <laughs> we just, we, I don't understand why everyone can't just take a few steps back and then everyone can see their bags come off. Yeah. Everyone, I'm new. I'm your new prime minister. We're making this rule here right now. Everyone, be nice. Get in line. So you guys get to India. You had your you you you're finished your panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> after after Delhi, and then you flew up from Delhi to uh, yeah. Lay. Okay. Your flight actually because we were in the area where they're but they didn't really call. The flight was boarding. Yeah. And we both kind of fell asleep mm. on each other, and then. Uh, we woke up like randomly and they were like, last call for the flight. We're like, oh, what? That's us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've had like that experience before. Yeah. Yeah, it was like six in the six morning. Six in the morning, morning we haven't really oh, we made it. oh, yeah. No, you guys already zonked a little bit. Yeah. yeah it's a pretty awesome flight, though, because you got to fly through the Himalayas. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Was, was there a fight between the window seats or? No. No, she likes the window, so I just give it to her. Oh, and fair I just enough. Really Gentlemen. lean over and stick my GoPro in her face. And cover it. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sleeping? No. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's all right. Um, so you guys get to um, the Ladakh re- region. Um, what was the accommodation like? Were you guys staying with Bill family, a hotel? Were you staying with other teams? For Lay, that was the first. That was a place. It was eleven thousand five hundred feet that had been acclimatized. So that's where we all met. We stayed in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And there's. At what elevation were you at? Do you remember? Yeah, at 11, this point? 11,500. 11,500 feet. Wow. Yeah. Or 3,500 meters. Yeah. yeah. Good. We're in, we're in Canada. We speak in meters. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm but kidding. we're <laughs> older than 20, so all of us, no feet. <laughs> Our parents taught us the imperial system, and we can't go back over. Damn parents. Um, yeah, so that's we stayed in hotels there. So Lay is actually kind of like... I guess like a smaller Whistler. It isn't at all, but in the summertime, it's a, like a touristy kind yeah, of yeah. adventure town. Resort area. Yeah. yeah, but that's also just new in the past five years or mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So it's not extravagant or nice or anything, but if you think in the northern Himalayans, 
northern India tourist adventure town than <laughs> kind of idea. It's but a good in, description, it's sales pitch right there. Yeah, but in the winter time, it's like nothing. But there's only so there's only two hotels that were open in the winter, and mm-hmm. the rest of the team went to the one called the Grand Dragon. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a five star. And in my experience with five stars, especially in Asian countries, is is really poor, and they just kind of gouge you for nothing, and then they're pompous and. I don't like them. <laughs> and so we went to the cheaper version, which ended up being way better, and the staff were super nice, and no one was like way cheaper. Like, no one was yeah. staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's where we stayed in LA, but uh, when we went up to the Tangsi region, where the game was being played, which was at 14,500 feet, 14,500. Yeah. Um, that's when we kind of stayed in what's called like tea houses, um, which is basically just a big cement building, two floors with maybe eight bedrooms in it, and like plywood beds with heavy blankets, and no heat, no running water, um, second story hole cut in the ground so that you could poop in it, and uh, yeah, no really, there's electricity maybe like two hours of the day from the solar panels. Sweet! And so, yeah, it's it cold, you go to bed and you see your breath. So we stayed up there for like three <laughs> nights, three nights yeah. and we were supposed to stay for five nights and everyone kind of unanimously agreed that we don't need to stay here any longer. <laughs> so, That's fair. Yeah. It's a good little experience to get a taste, but then after that it's okay, done. Yeah, this is nice, but I'm done. And a lot of the rooms were like three to six people to the rooms just mm-hmm. so we can get everyone in. And then me and Misty looked out and got her own room and it was like, <laughs> a little bit of extra privacy and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was good, but uh, it was tough in that region because it was minus fifteen to minus twenty a lot of the days. So you'd be outside in this cold all day, thinking like when you go to bed, it's just like oh, I'm used to going to sleep and warming warm. up. Yeah, yeah now you're in it all day. Yeah, so, cold yeah, all the time. It, it was a shock to a lot of people. I think that's why it got cut a lot shorter than it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, like was there like a hot tub nearby or anything like that? Oh, like no. no, no hot running water at all. There is like bummer. <laughs> two real toilets in all of the town, I think. Oh my goodness! That you could sit on, and there's holes everywhere else. And um, anyone that's traveled Asia or I guess parts of Russia and Eastern Europe is like you can't flush your toilet paper kind of toilets. Like it's yes, I've seen that before. Liquids yeah. only. Yep. yep. If that. Use your hand. <laughs> yeah. Don't shake your left hand. Um. And the one good thing is they kept constant, there's always big thermoses of warm water. So you're constantly drinking tea. We had Gatorade, so like warm up Gatorade and, and soup. So that's kind of how you got warm. Perfect. Well, yeah, <laughs> you guys were spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's this one guy that uh, didn't really realize like what lifestyles were like there. Mm-hmm. And so after our hockey, we had we, one day we played three hockey games up in the high region and he didn't get out of his gear and we came back down he was still in his gear. We're like, what are you waiting for? He's like, oh, well, it's like gro- you can't even sweat up there. It's so cold. So you weren't even sweaty. Yeah. And he asked our host, he's like, can you like give me some hot water for a bath? And the guy's like, well, we have to get the water from this ditch. Uh, there was this little drain and then heat it all up with this fuel that we don't actually really have because they're not used to having people in the winter. They, so it's, there's yak dung that they dry out and that's their fuel and it's like rationed basically and water isn't exactly the easy thing, the to, easy get. thing to get. <laughs> and he's like, oh, do you think that'd be too much trouble? And you could see the guy just like 
Um, yes. yes, like... It's like washing his hockey sticks, yeah. washing every puck. So he did it. Oh, man. But, like, we're just, like, watching this guy just stunned, not even understanding what life is like, and... <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had some friends, um, you know, I've talked to when I was traveling, like, East Coast or um, Australia or Europe and stuff, and you meet people from, like, even California... Yeah. When you're talking about water, it's like, oh yeah, sometimes we just like have our like hose or we just water our lawn with our hose. And like, oh my God, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And people in Australia are like, yeah, that's illegal. <laughs> like you can't, like that's wasteful. We're in a drought like for the last 25 years. Every drop is precious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. So what you're saying is you didn't put the sprinkler underneath the trampoline and play on it for hours as a kid and never forget about it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, I just, you know, like, I, I do hate waste and stuff, so, like, when I see somebody, like, brushing their teeth and I let the tap go, like, I'm like, mm, I'll just turn that off for you. But, like, yeah, like, sprinklers, <laughs> like, they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, you just use water for fun to get wet? Like, that's that's what a lake is for, an ocean. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, how many teams were there, and uh, where, whereabouts were they from? They were from kind of all over the world. There were six teams. Um... There's a foundations team. Yep. So there's a team from India mm. called Team Ladakh. Mm. Um, and they were from that region too. Yeah. yeah. Most of them, or I think a lot of them, anyway, were on the Indian national team. Oh, cool. Because the Indian national team was created kind of in that region because mm. that's the only place there's ice and there is hockey. Yeah. So, yeah, we played that team. Yeah, I think like half, maybe it wasn't all. But, uh, yeah, some of the guys played for the national team because all of them didn't. They wouldn't let them be called Team India or let them wear their national colors. So oh. Team Ladakh jersey, mm -hmm. which is nothing. Um, there were <laughs> two teams. Yeah, two teams from Germany. Um, team Rainier um, and then Team Geronimo. And they're both kind of like traveling teams. They go all over the world and uh, get whoever they can to like, recruit and they play in tournaments. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, a lot of times they play in Bangkok. <clears throat> They do uh, Oktoberfest tournament, so like, yeah. they, they travel all over the place. It was cool. Um, then there was a team from Slovakia that probably had the best jerseys of the tournament. Oh, they had sick kits. Oh, sweet. They look so good. We'll have to put a photo up on the, the comment section for the Yeah, they were pretty slick looking. Um, and then our team that we were playing for was called Team Randstad, and it was kind of a mix of mostly Canadians. Mostly Canadian expats in Japan yeah, and India. There was a few guys from... Japan and then um, Finland, yeah. America. We we're kind of like the team that was thrown together with all the extra players. Yep. So there's yeah, Hockey Foundation India, two from Germany, Slovakia, and then Randstad was a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And the the guy that put the team together was the CEO of Randstad, which is a people finding company of India. So he loves hockey and he loves the whole idea of everything. So he put together his own team, sponsored a bunch of stuff and just took any stragglers that signed up. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up having the best team <laughs> and then being, everyone's like, Oh, you guys stacked your team and this and this. And like, we literally didn't even know each other before. Yeah. The night. yeah. <laughs> so we had, yeah, we had a lot of interesting characters on our team. There's, um, one guy from the Czech Republic, Dan, but he lives in the Philippines now and coaches their national team. Oh wow. And they just won their yeah. first cup thing ever be under his guidance and then there was the other guy who's in who's IHF for the Philippines. Oh yeah, he does it for Singapore. For Singapore, um, yeah. And I don't then, remember his name, but yeah, no, he was a good guy too. Yeah, a little, and then Ben was a Canadian mm -hmm. expat living in Japan, but he was like one of the 
the news, like CBC and CTV always call him whenever there's a political dispute about Korea or North Korea, South Korea, because he's got like a master's in some sort of cool. communication. And so he was actually, he had to do one or two, one for sure, films for CTV while we were there. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then Paul was the CEO of Randstad, so he was there. So, and then Joji, he's the, uh, got an accountant or some banking <laughs> with Bloomberg in Japan, but he's like your typical like Edmonton kind of half Japanese, half Canadian kind of guy, mm -hmm. and just, it was so funny, like, you'd never talk to these people in real life, because you'd never be in the same room together, mm -hmm. and then we're all just playing hockey, and just, when I say miserable, it's, like, in a comical way, like, miserable huddling in this... Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're not in the comforts of, you know, your own home, and it's not beer league where you're playing at 10 p.m., yeah. and you're going back to your warm bed and a hot shower... Yeah. You know, not not like that. Yeah, I totally, I, I know what you mean. It's like you're sharing the misery together, exactly. which, which it makes it fun. It was awesome. Yeah, you guys had that mix. Everyone had yeah. their own kind of story, so it was just like nonstop. Oh, totally. And then we had um, like Hanka from Finland. So two of the guys came. I played with in North Korea. So I was like, oh man, what's up? Haven't seen you since North Korea. <laughs> and then, so like that was cool. Yeah, the guy that runs the whole North Korea thing was on our team too. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I was gonna ask you if there was a few guys that were from those previous tournaments as well, like uh, Hong Kong and North Korea. Yeah. 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 Sweet. Sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. And a few of those guys played in that Hong Kong tournament when you were there. Yeah. You're on different teams. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of cool connecting the dots. There. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, so like the 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 talents uh, was pretty good. Like like uh, one one would think that uh, like a northern Indian team wouldn't be that great. Yeah. Uh, were they were um, they pretty good? Like in in your eyes? They were. They also had like better gas tanks than us because they're acclimatized. Yeah, I guess that'd be the but big pro even for in them. The Guinness region, they still struggled a bit. Cause it, it was I, still I, high for them. Yeah, you don't go up there very often. Yeah, but they were. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that there's usually not a rink up there either. Yeah, like they were. They were pretty fast, um, and most of them had like reasonably good skills, like stick handling. Mm -hmm. that, but then uh, they just didn't have like the hockey sense that like Canadians or most like North Americans would have. Mm -hmm. So they were like, like really like individual players. They're like passing game and systems and that just didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, they didn't grow up with it very much. Yeah. So they're getting better at it. But um, when we played that Guinness record game, that's how we beat them as the foundation team. We just started playing systems more against Totally. Them. Yeah. And uh, we were able to beat them. I think it was six, two. Or yeah. But it was like, like, we scored the first goal in the second period. Like, Sounds it was zero, 0 for the longest time, which was honestly surprising. Mm -hmm. Like, your little Canadian ego is like, wow, come on. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, but no, like Kyle said, like, they were faster and had better guess. And, and then it was like zero zero, And then finally we scored, kind of breathed a sigh of relief. And then they scored, I think. And it was like, one Fuck. one. Like, you, oh, breathe no. <laughs> you breathe the sigh of relief, and then you wasted half your oxygen. Yeah, like, oh, I needed that. <laughs> one, one, one going into the third, and then we... And then finally, like Kyle said, like just started playing systems because the guys, the India team, just doesn't have that hockey sense. They weren't passing. Like yeah. They weren't playing smart, and they, or they got too excited and wanted to do it themselves. And yeah, they're kind of like a shinny team that just got together for that, like like a pickup game or something yeah. like that. And like you're a team, or you guys all individually know your hockey sense, and they're like, all right, let's just play this. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Let's yeah, exactly. Let's deliver. Yeah. And then, so. uh, the German teams weren't bad. Um, they're more on the older side for mm -hmm. So I think it was easy to like gas them out in games, especially at altitude. Um, well, it's just, hey, I mean, the older you get, your body just doesn't want to react the same. It's hey, grandpa, then, you uh, having a problem there? <laughs> you want some schnitzel, huh? Yeah. 
But yeah, like their their average age is pretty old. The Geronimo team was a bit younger. Yeah, draw, they, like, were, they were a bit quicker and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the Geronimo team. So we played the Rainier team, and like they were good. Like every team had their players that like, weren't that good, obviously, mm-hmm. but they were just there for the event, so that's cool. But a few exhibition games. Sort yeah, of so we played exhibition games at lower altitude lay. So we played the Rainier team first. It was supposed to be a tournament format, but then like we beat them. Um, Fairly easily, I guess. And <laughs> no big deal. Uh, sorry for them listening, but we had, like we had to borrow a goalie yeah, this time. Yeah, we took one of their goalies and beat them with. Oh one really? Of okay. Yeah. yeah. So because like yeah, our team didn't have a goalie, and then every game we played, we just got a different goalie from a different team. But anyway, so then I guess the other the German team, the Geronimo team, were pretty good, and they found out like we beat them, and they're like we want to play you guys. Like I don't care what the schedule says, we're playing you. And, and then so our CEO <laughs> guy was like. Not gonna back down from the challenge. All like super <laughs> happy, yeah. and we're like, "What? We gotta play at eight a.m. again?" Uh and then like that game was actually hard. It was it was pretty back and forth and until we eventually beat them five four. But Ooh. they came back from a four one, and then like it wasn't easy. And then we beat them, and like obviously they weren't happy. And we're like, "Whew, okay, well at least we don't have to play them yeah, again." They were mm-hmm. a chippier team. Too, yeah, they so were a chippier. Oh, and for that type of like tournament, you don't expect that, so like, no. it's getting frustrated at some point. You're like, "We're not gonna turn up yeah. against you guys. Like the ice is cracks in it, and it's dangerous." And I thought this was fun, and like they really wanted to win. Like, well, we're not gonna let you win, even though it's still <laughs> fun. And then we're like, "Okay, well at least we got that out of the way. We'll play the other teams at the higher elevation because it was still kind of following the tournament format." And they're like, "No, we want to play you again." We're like, ah, why? But like, it wasn't easy. But like, they're hard, and it's just knowing that we had to play them sucked because it meant we had to try hard. Yeah. And then like, the oh. Slovaks, we never actually got to play, so we didn't get to really gauge how they were. Yeah. I think, I think they were pretty, pretty decent. Their goalie was really good. Yeah. Uh, we borrowed him for one game, and yeah, he stood on his head. And mm-hmm. Saved us. That was against Strongwell, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. saved yeah. us. And what was the score of that one? Mm. Oh, I can't even remember, because that was like right after our Guinness record yeah, game. We oh, so you guys are just... <laughs> yeah, we had to play almost... I blacked out. Yeah, we always had to play three back-to-back, and uh, not everyone on the Randstad team played for that Guinness record game. Yeah. It was kind of like, they put a few guys off each team, it seemed Yeah, like. and the Guinness game was... Olympic sized ice, three 20 minute stop time periods. Mm-hmm. They had to call like a real game. They had to call it exactly like yeah. a real game. Yeah, for it to, it to be a good record. Yeah. So, like, we, and we played, we ran 6D and we almost could have used 8. So, Kyle yeah. played on that team. And then there was a 30 minute break while another game played. And then we had a Randstad team to play for. So, we played two back to back games with them afterwards. And there was like no food up there, really no water. Which was surprising because you'd think that that would have been included or thought of, I guess. Yeah, it was and tough like, to get water, which was just like. Like bad. we brought our one water bottle each, and one, and it froze so while we were up there. So then we got a little <laughs> bit of warm water to like thaw, so we could drink a little bit. We're like, well, we can't just leave this sitting here because it's gonna freeze again. So you kind of drink it. You just sub off, and you're just licking this <laughs> popsicle of water. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm refreshed. Let's put me back on, coach. Yeah, and then yeah, those those other two games with Randstad. Uh, I just started recruiting guys, even off the foundation team, because we had like, nope. I think 4D, and I was like, nope. nope. And then by the third game, we had 8D, and I was like, this is perfect. Well, it almost gets into a, uh, you know, a point of, you know, health. You know, yeah. like you don't want somebody like, you know, getting uh, altitude sickness or passing out or, you know, like possibly even dying or something like that. So yeah, like at that point where it's just going for the record and like who's really paying attention to the score. Uh, yeah, it's just like okay, let's just you know, and like I'm sure people wanted to be a part of it too. So it's like, all right, yeah, let's pull on like an extra four people for the team, 
you know, extra sub yeah. for, you know, even if you could switch out your goalie, like if you had yeah. two goalies and just switch them out, that'd probably be beneficial too. Or a goalie for the Guinness game, he played the whole game. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, he was dying like halfway through the first, because mm -hmm. just like, the altitude just sucks the life out of you. Oh, totally, and you have equipment on and you're trying to breathe, and like, he's got all that stuff in the way. Like, I, yeah. I there's been times where I've been so tired, I just don't want anything in front of my face. Yeah. It's like, I, I just want to breathe. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the goalie's had it the worst because you have to stand in your net for a lot of it, right? And <laughs> the play's in the other end for a lot of it. You're standing there in all the elements. Yeah. Like, whereas when we came off for line changes, we have a tent we can go into and, like, kind of block the wind. Yeah. And, like, take our breaks to catch our wind. So, yeah, it sucked for goalies for sure. No, no, for sure, for sure. Um, I was going to say there next. Um, and at, for the Guinness record game, at what elevation were we at? That one was um, 14, no. 14,300 feet. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, sorry, I said it wrong before. Lay was 11,500 feet, and yeah. then we went up to, over the pass, into the little town where we had the tea houses. Yeah. That was 12,500 feet, and then the Guinness game was at 14,300 feet. Jeez. Roughly around 4,300 meters. Yeah. 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 And then we had to go there to break the record because... Um, they do tournaments every year in Lay, mm -hmm. so Guinness didn't want to recognize that as a record because they've been playing hockey there for so many years mm -hmm. at 3,500 meters, so they wanted it above four. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yeah. And then, so, we went with way higher than we needed to, but it's hard to find a big enough location where you can have a Olympic size rink on mm -hmm. flat ground, so they found the perfect location. It was amazing. It's just this frozen lake in the middle of the mountains, like nothing barren. It was, it was unreal. And even the organizer, Adam, was like, oh, I really wish we didn't go this high because it's going to be hard to break this. But it was the perfect location, so we had to. Want to break that. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like, where, where can you? Like, the highest and longest game? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> like, well, the pass that we drove over to get there is the second highest drivable pass in the world. Mm -hmm. And then the first is in India, too, which was right near us. And which so, someone got sick there yeah. and, like, had to be flown back down to Delhi because he did get altitude sickness. Yeah. Well, because usually when you go that high, you're supposed to take your time. And yeah, well, you go up, come back down, and go up, go back down. for us, when you drove through the pass, you're driving up there within a couple hours, and you're changing huge elevations. Yeah, well, I mean, like... The well, pass was literally at uh, Everest, Base Everest Base Camp Height. We literally drove from 11,500 to over 17,000, yeah. and then back down, and we all got out at the pass just to be like, oh, photo up, and then after... <laughs> five minutes yeah. you're like i feel dizzy and gross and like this isn't cool yeah whereas when i hiked um the 5300 meters before we took nine days to get up there acclimatizing mm -hmm. so like people i don't know we went just too, too much of a rush it's like a, it's like a drunk selfies with my gopro and i couldn't even figure out how to work it i was like it's probably cool yeah <laughs> so we, you guys were taking altitude sickness pills and no, no pills no we didn't we wow. had we had the diamonds yeah um then reading up on it, it's what did you compare it to? It's, it's like, like malaria pills. Like you're you either get really sick by taking them or you get really sick by not taking them. Mm -hmm. Not guaranteed. You could obviously be fine either way. As yeah, well, yeah. But it just kind of seemed like um, the side risks, effects. the side effects. Because when I did base camp before, um, on our last day after four. 4,200 meters, I think I remember taking it, or 4,700 meters is when everyone started taking Dimox. I was like, oh, okay, sure. And that's when I got super sick, and I thought it was because of the altitude, because I had 9 out of 10 of the symptoms except for headache. I'm like, okay, it must have been the altitude. I must have got really sick. But then reading up after and hearing stories from my friends that went last year, they're like, yeah, we had all this, this, and this. I'm like, man, that's what I had. So I think it was the Dimox that made me sick, because mm -hmm. when we were at Machu Picchu, 
I wasn't sick, and everyone else is taking Dynamox, and I didn't even think about it. Um, and so we just kind of, we got the pills just in case, but you kind of have to either take them a couple days beforehand, you go, and, or you can take it in like a mess, um, like it, if you do get really sick, you take a whole bunch and mm-hmm. then go back down in elevation. So we're like, oh, well, if something bad happens, we got that, but we figured, honestly, just listen to the locals and, um, kind of see what happens and like drink lots of water, drink lots of warm water, drink, have lots of, um, simple sugars, rest, rest, more water. Mm-hmm. Lot, we brought a bunch of dried fruits and cliff bars and, uh, yeah, like minimum three liters of water a day with, uh, electrolyte tablets and just, and some air water purifiers just in case. And yeah. yeah. Stopped using those after a while. Cause we're like, eh, not sick yet. <laughs> yeah. Everything like, yeah, the drink was warm. Yeah. How they told them not to do is drink cold water. Oh yeah, elevation is just harder in your body. Warm water is so gross, and you really want water too. Like yeah. nothing's better than like Actually, a cold nice. glass of water. It was water. nice up so there nice. just because it was colder. Okay. But, so it was like warm water was just like. When we were like one of the only, well, I don't can't speak for the Slovakia team because they drank beers every night again, which is like <laughs> unreal. Like they are the real MVP. I think that'd be my 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 weakness, my Achilles heel. It's like I'm playing hockey. I better have some beer. And then like little angel pop on my shoulder, but you're at high elevation. You can't do this. Think about the game. And it's like the devil's like, but you love beer. Woo, hockey and beer. And I'd be like, I like that guy's thinking. And then I'd like drink all the beer. And the next morning, I'd be like, uh, yeah, <laughs> hangover. I, I had beer after the first game in Lay because uh, the German team I think brought them or something. Yeah, like the it. Germans did. So um, Tip, typical Germans. Was, yeah, and then like even kind of drinking that just kind of made you feel a little sick. So I was like. Those Slovakia guys are nuts. <laughs> they had like nights they were up to like five in the morning. Oh god! Hotel, but I guess yeah. most of them we heard after that they they're from high higher up in the mountains in Slovakia. Okay, kind of. They they were probably they're, from the the east then. Yeah, yeah. They're they're like Kosice. They say exactly. they wouldn't be from Bratislava. Speak English, so. Oh, okay, that's yeah. even better. There's only like three of them that did, English, so we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, so it's tough. There's language barriers there. You couldn't really sit. Yeah, they're probably from the east then, like closer to Kosice, which is like the second biggest city in Slovakia. Like they had many problems with drinking beer. They were just hungover and miserable. We brought Fireball. Like, yeah. That's that. decent. Yeah. Like, yeah, well done. We only started drinking that after we came back from the region, so our bodies were kind of like, it was nice to get back to Lake yeah. mm-hmm. a lower elevation. Um, I wonder what the record is for the highest elevation for beer being consumed. Or shock under something. That'd, that'd be well, something else. Yeah. Like, is this somebody carried to Everest with them? Yeah, <laughs> like a high alcohol beer that wouldn't freeze? Probably one of the Sherpas, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's like, ha ha, I win. Yeah, because yeah, we would have like all our sciences and be like, we can't do this. And they'd be like cracking a beer. Can't do what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> what what uh, Was the, the beer from Slovakia or was it like Indian beer? No, it was Indian beer. Indian Sweet. Beer. Yeah, you know what I it was called? It was, uh, Kingfisher. Oh, I've had Kingfish yeah. before. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I think that was the only beer they had. Because yeah, in Lay they had like a secret little uh, they had like a secret little hidden liquor store. Mm-hmm. Ooh, secret so hidden one. In yeah, the it was like it was in like this little alleyway, and it was just like a little window. And uh, I'm I'm picturing like uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders Lost Ark, and he's got the staff and like the little like idol on top of it, and the sun hits it the right way, and like it shows you what yeah, liquor store is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's like ah, perfect. <laughs> no, it's definitely, it's not easy to find unless like someone told you. Looking yeah. for it, but because mm-hmm. um, it's not really, it's frowned upon to drink. Of course, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, it's crazy lineups. <laughs> it's like even we tried to we tried to get a few beers the one night to go join our team for dinner. Like after like coming back nights. down, yeah. And uh, again, it's just like that Asian culture. Like no one respects your personal space, mm-hmm. and everyone just pushes in front of you. 
<laughs> kept happening to Misty. She was waiting in line, like all these Indian men just like kept like, nope, 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 just going in front of her. <laughs> what do you think it was kind of a sexist thing or? A little bit, but also like, we didn't, I didn't find that uh, in Lay, there was, Lay didn't feel like India. Like mm-hmm. I've been to India before and it's, it's rural, it's way up in the north, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it like, like it's, Tibet and Nepal. It's, it's a bit of a different field than, say, Calcutta or, yeah, uh, or Delhi. Or Delhi. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there wasn't as much of that sexism kind of thing that you would expect, almost mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think it's the guys wanted their beer. And I was <laughs> in their way, and I wasn't making a decision. Yeah, you can't blame them. There was them five then. centimeters there that I wasn't taking up. And you, you weren't, you were in the wrong. That's yeah. my bad. <laughs> and was it bottled or was it canned? Bottled. Okay. I think they cans too. Uh, maybe, but they like the large bottles, like the mm-hmm. 1.5 liters. Okay. I was almost wondering if bottles would have been uh, worse, just the elevation or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of science in my head. Yeah, but I'm not sure. sure. But then, um, for example, <clears throat> the elevation for us, like we're not used to drinking in it. And uh, I think two beers and like. And one beer. I was like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. We did the one beer dinner, yeah. and both me and Misty were like, "You feel drunk?" It's like, yep. Even, like, there's this one guy that we made friends with, Tim. He's, like, your typical, well, he's older now, like, probably in his later 30s. But he's your typical bro from America. Like, surfer bro, college bro. <laughs> yeah, like, frat boy. Yeah, Boston College. And oh, no. Part of a frat there. Oh, yeah. shit. So, like, he's had a couple beers. And he's, he's no, he has no small <clears> frame. <throat> like, a beauty of a guy. But uh, we had a beer with him in his hotel room when we came back after from the liquor store. And, like, you could tell even he with the one beer, like, all three of us drank one beer each. Even he was, like, buzzed. He probably wouldn't have admitted it, but just from how we kind of started changing how we talked and even how we walked out of the room, like, oh, man, bro, bro is Bro, bro is buzzed. (laughs) (laughs) The bro, bro buzz. Oh, right. Prime example, elevation just changes. Uh, No, totally. Like, you even see that, like, with slight elevation changes, too. Like, when I was living in Canmore for six months, I'd go visit my buddies up... Like I would, I would live in Canmore, then I went up to high level, yeah. which is just flat as flat, and then I'd be able to like have ten beer, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Where I'd go back to like, you know, and then even when I was in Jasper too, like, and then I'd go to high level, it'd be the same thing. But like, it was as soon as I'm like in Airdrie for too long, and then I go to Jasper or Vale Mount or <laughs> Canmore, and I was like, or Re- or Revelstoke, I'm like, hmm. Three beer, I'm kind of buzzed. Interesting, <laughs> and like it's just regular like five percent beer too. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Interesting. And then you feel beer. really fine. Yeah. Later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was. Was there a local liquor they had there by chance? Like I'm. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like. Um, what is it? Bought? Trying international booze and stuff. They had unmarked liquor bottles. If we want to call that their local liquor. What was your friend <laughs> saying? They drink there. They drink like they like this run one strong liquor. It's, a, it's not gin. It's not rum. It's. Whiskey? whiskey, yeah, they like okay. making their own whiskey. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah that's big, what I was getting at. Yeah. big in India too. Oh, that's cool. Like one of the main things they drink. Sweet. Yeah. Even in Delhi, uh, the, a lot of the foundation guys on their way back through. Whiskey tasting. Yeah, they like mm-hmm. fancy whiskey. And like they drink it straight too. Like was one of Kyle's friends went mm-hmm. there and he's like, "Oh, do you have some coke to put in my whiskey?" And I guess they just like laughed at him. Ha ha ha! Idiot. They like <laughs> yeah. Drink it straight, and straight and warm. And Warm's not the best, but no. uh, like, like scotch, I don't mind doing room temperature and like a little bit, yeah. but uh, yeah, if I was having like something like Royal Reserve, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm always a big fan of like local liquors and alcohols and stuff like that. Like you go to um, the Balkans and stuff and they have Rakia and you go up to Czech Republic or Slovakia and they have Slivovice or whatever. So 
That's cool. That's cool. It'd be sweet to I try out there. That was like a Normandy yeah, island. I can't remember the name of it. So. <laughs> you I got, you got to go there. I wanted to bring it back and I forgot to do the custom oh, thing. Right. They took it from me in London. I was like, oh. Yeah. So there's like, like local liquor. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you, you guys are talking about how the ice was cracking and everything. Like I remember watching the Daily Planet special about the ice and like how they're prepping it. It seemed like it was a real freaking like, trials and tribulations there. Uh, problems to deal with the ice. Uh, so it was cracking just because of it was so cold or like you had to deal with the sun too? Like it was it was that hot up there? Um, well, in the region where we broke uh, the record game, it didn't crack as bad. Mm-hmm. But it, they were having problems with putting the lines down. Oh, okay. what they're saying is because you're so close... The sun, it's, the it's sun, a reaction to different colors. colors. So it'll melt where the lines mm-hmm. are. And then mm-hmm. near the end of the game, I think it was coming up in a few spots. Like yeah. Well, because light's attracted to dark colors, so yeah. you're getting like a more intense mm-hmm. radiant heat on those lines, so it was melting. But it, the problem is because the when we freeze ice, it's, it's a nice gradual temperature, like minus 10, minus 12. I don't know, it depends on what rink you're at. And the real good rinks have that dialed to the science. But this, it was minus 20 it froze so quickly and then also still with air bubbles trapped in it so that's what made it more brittle Mm -hmm. and then so they had to do a bunch of kind of maintenance like when it would crack and split apart they would kind of put some warm water down to hopefully try to make it uh, freeze over so it's definitely a constant (laughs) battle for them to get smooth ice yeah the rink and lay though um it was warmer temperatures for that time of year. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it it's just like a pond in this big cement block. And, uh, it's actually the town's reservoir. Yeah. <laughs> so like all around the edges, like it wasn't even frozen. So we were just playing on this slab that was kind of almost floating at one point. Yeah, this floating slab. And then uh, the guy that ran our team, we were out there doing like a little clinic, a shooting clinic with the locals. He went into one of the corners where the board is and he fell through the ice. Oh, shit. And uh, up to his waist or... Yeah, it's about his waist. Yeah. And that was the first time I've ever... The, um, the founder of the foundation, Adam Sherlock, he said that's the first time he's ever seen anyone fall through that ice. In so, like six years yeah. or seven years. Oh, it's just because of the warmer temps of that time of year. Yeah, no kidding. The rink was already starting to go. Yeah. And there's that's... people skating on it every day, so it's just more and more. And even on it. the day that we came back, we were supposed to play against the Slovakia team, since that's the team we didn't play. Mm-hmm. And even the locals were like, oh, you guys can't play today, it's too warm. Like It was only minus five, minus three, but the temperatures have been so warm for this time of year that they're like, no, you're going to fall through two grown, essentially men, ice hockey teams going mm. on this ice. So. so, like, how did that ice kind of change the way you played? Do we have to, like, take it a little bit easier, like, yeah. not go as fast and then kind of yeah. slow down, like, take your time breaking? Like the exhibition game <coughs> played, um, there was a lot of, like, chunks out of the ice that were pretty dangerous ones, so they just put, like, a little cone on it. Mm-hmm. So it looked chairs. Like, yeah, it looked like ours. Yeah, and then it would be, like, chairs over a big hole. Um, so, like, our games looked like they were, like, a, like a, almost like a skill session because there's all these cones everywhere and everyone's trying to avoid them. But, yeah, you're um, definitely kind of going slower. You're not going hard because you, you didn't know if you'd hit a crack and, like, eat shit or, uh, <laughs> like, crash into the ice. Yeah, so it, it wasn't like a smooth ice surface, so the puck wanted to bounce a lot on you. Yeah, so you, you definitely had to play a different style. You had to be a lot more cautious and careful. Yeah, yeah. Even up in the region, it was it was bouncy ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it'd be kind of rough. And like, so you were saying like how the, the ice would melt because of the darker colors. Like, did you guys feel it too? If you were wearing a, if the team was wearing a darker jersey, that they'd kind of get a little bit warmer. Or? Uh, we didn't really feel it. No. Mostly, um, 
because again, or the goalies just standing around, just absorbing the sunlight. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, but um. But you had like, to make sure you had sunscreen on, yeah. and it was weird. You're, Makes sense, yeah, totally. Minus, and probably like your lips getting you're in like chapped minus too. Fifteen, mm-hmm. so you don't feel like you should be wearing sunscreen, but then you had to. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of like the ski hill effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get snow blind and everything. It could be, you know, minus fifteen or minus twenty, beautiful day, like blue skies and everything, but you get sunburned, and they all of a sudden you have a tomato face. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Much closer. Yeah. 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 When or, I came back, everyone's like, "Oh, did you go somewhere tropical?" Because I didn't realize how tanned I got just yeah. from two days being up there. I'm like, no, oh. like, well, you're so brown. I'm like, sweet. Perfect. Really picking up the Indian culture, you know, just loving it out there. It's been great. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, uh, so, so the, like, uh, I, was, I brought up a Daily Planet special there on Discovery. Um, and it was pretty cool. Uh, listeners, if you want to check it out, there was a link posted on um, the North 30 page wall. But I, I'm sure you could find it as well, just going on Daily Planet and looking at their previous yeah. videos. We're, I think, trying, we're trying to find just the video of our segment on yeah, it. Yeah, I think it'll probably pop up on YouTube soon. From them to see if they can just because <clears> it's a lot easier. You don't have to like watch the advertisements. And exactly, that was kind of a pain in the ass yeah. when I was watching. I'm like, ugh, it's like watching regular like TV. Ads in a row, they give you. It's yeah, like, it's like watching TV. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll post it again if we get uh, yeah. the link, short, the shortened link from you guys, because it is pretty interesting to see like how they had to prepare that, and both of you guys are in it, so that's yeah. kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> will there be any other kind of um, media coverage of the event at all? Uh, um, there has been with some of the European teams. I know the Geronimo team had, uh, I think they had their own kind of film crew with them yeah, up there. like a Red Bull and, affiliate, uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, so cool. They've already released that, but it's <clears> been, uh, <throat> only a little part of it's in English. Okay. Interviewing a couple of English guys because one of our refs was a ex NHL ref who's just recently retired. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, they interviewed him and that's in English, but most of the segments in uh, German, ours being Austrian. I think there's a few versions of it. So, there there has been other media coverage of it. Um, For us, I don't think there's anything else. Well, and the Hockey Foundation is working on a 10 part mini series that they'll be releasing once. All the information is there, and they'll follow the Guinness game as well as like what how the idea came about, mm-hmm. how the year is building up to it, um, all of it, and also kind of the culture in the region, how hockey's expanded there, how it came to be, all the other kind of because they also cool. do like um, school efforts and coaching and all that stuff too. So I think it's more of a envelope of everything mm-hmm. that they're taking in, and that'll probably be like on their website, I'd imagine. Uh, or maybe released to YouTube as well. It'll be, it'll be YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very, very right cool. now, they're uh, still working on getting everything, all their information and uh, video of the game. Of course. To send of course. it to Guinness to make it official. Because um, they could have went the other way and brought a Guinness official there to verify it. But it was expensive. It was something $10, like $10,000 just to bring him Just to him bring there. him. And that's and like not accommodations or food or if he gets hurt or anything like that. <laughs> or yeah, How do I get that job? Yeah. So, well, we learned that... Like, in breaking any kind of Guinness record seems like it's a cash grab if you want an official there. But you can do it on your own, which is they, the way they chose, but it just takes a lot longer. you got to make sure you have everything in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. And of course, like they want to do the measurements and everything just yeah. to be that Well, know, the requirements thorough. for the game, like, on the video, they have to add, like, a score clock on the video. Yeah, and proof of the rest, stuff. score sheet, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they, they want it to be official. Yeah. yeah, I understand that for sure. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm actually waiting. It'd be really cool to check that out so you really get an idea of this and everything. Because anybody can participate in these events, correct? Yeah. Like, it's not like it's a special group, like, where, like, that, the foundation team you're saying, like, they don't pick people selectively. And like, ah, uh, yeah, we'll have you on the team or something like that. No, um, the way we signed up, um, we found it online. Mm-hmm. And then part of their donation packages were individual players that could sign up. Mm-hmm. And they think they had some, like, it was like 24 spots in total. There were six early bird spots and 18 mm-hmm. regular player spots. And then you pay your entrance fee kind of yeah. thing. Like you've got to take care of your own accommodation. Uh, not your own accommodation, but your own fees to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Flights and stuff, bring so your equipment. Usually, like this year, the first year was different. They had to pay essentially a lot of money. So they usually, they've had the tournament for the past six years, kind of in lay five years, something like that. And all it is is you pay your entrance fee with the team and then you go there and you just play a tournament. So they had teams from all over the world kind of go, and it's mm-hmm. fun. This year they charged more, and they charged individuals that wanted to play just because they were fundraising to bring the boards over for the Guinness game. And this is all actually just a publicity stunt to kind of make money, bring awareness, so that um, they can build, finish building the hockey rink in Ley. Um, like the boards that they purchased in Austria that all the funds went to are, are being left in Ley and... Um, like donated and then there's already a Zamboni that's been donated and there's like coaches that have been donated and we everyone gathers equipment and it's donated and so this rink has been an idea for the past I don't know five years seven years wow and um, it's just getting the funds for it and yeah of course yeah and it's not even through donations yeah and it's yeah. not even an indoor rink they're essentially just building a concrete uh, foundation and then having an area that you can pour water and have spectators and just having a roof over it and that's supposed to extend the season another month or two hopefully perfect for these locals and mm-hmm. then also provide like probably a safer place so they're mm-hmm. not drowning and less injuries and yeah that's kind of important thing to not drown when you're playing hockey or just skating around ideally yeah, yeah. so yeah so for anyone that wants to go um this almost seems like it's a one-off with the guinness type of record. understandable so yeah well the next one will be the lowest elevation yeah. game <laughs> yeah. south pole game north pole game yeah. the yes. santa claus series so they still do tournaments there every year um which i'd highly recommend like yeah going back it's, up that high elevation experience. probably wouldn't do it again it, it was challenging and cold. totally like it was awesome well you, you both were training quite hard i imagine yeah yeah. Yeah, reasonably. <laughs> I, started, I started going for runs uh, a couple weeks before the event. I'm, I'm thinking like uh, beer fest when they're drinking uh, goat's piss on the on the roof of an apartment or something. I don't know. We we stay in pretty good shape all year, so we figured. But the tournament I recommend to people at lay at the lower elevation is eleven thousand five hundred feet. It's just such a cool little place, and you get to see India, but also not be engulfed by India. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it's just you again playing from people all over the world, and everyone's so accommodating, and everyone has stories. And I would recommend anyone. And again, you don't have to be a phenomenal player; you can just be Joe Blow average. And yeah. Just really enjoy the culture. Well, for me, like India really appeals to me, um, but more so the rural areas. Yeah. And especially in the north too. Uh, yeah. No, totally. Like I like already, I'm not a big fan of big cities. And so I think I'd want to avoid those big Indian cities oh, as much yeah. as possible. But like the rural part of it seems really cool, and especially the culture. And then, you know, you got to also love hockey. So that seems like a perfect thing to check out. And what's the name of the organization again? The Hockey Foundation. Hockey Foundation. Yeah. You can find it on Google. Just type in that in. Yeah. And then you, I imagine they'd have a page where you oh, can yeah. see, like, all the tournaments coming, um, like how to become part of it, really get their message and everything, too. Yep. yep. And they also have videos on YouTube kind of 
showing what to expect, what they've done, so you can kind of get an idea of uh, the area that you'll be looking at and also how the games are. And in the past, if, if you go up there, there's usually like coaching opportunities if you'd like to kind of help out some local kids mm -hmm. and just like scrimmages on the river and stuff like that. So it, it can be an all-encompassing go play uh, and then also pay it forward. Totally. Of course. And in that region too, there's other like cool stuff you could add to your trip. Like they do snow leopard tours. Cause that's, oh, that's sweet. That's one of the like, major areas in the world that there's still snow leopards. Totally, yeah, yeah. So they do offer that. We found that out once you're there. But you need like two or three days to plan that one. Of course, of course. Because you go way up into wherever they go. Mm -hmm. the mountains. But apparently like most of those tours, you get to see them. So mm -hmm. that's what we've heard. So that's, that's awesome. That's another cool factor. Yeah, that yeah. would be really cool. It was like, uh, Lay, I imagine that's like, I did look at it on the map. I can't really remember. It's because it's, it's in the Himalayas. I imagine it's quite close to Nepal and uh, China. It's mostly close to Pakistan and China. Okay, Pakistan and China. Yeah, okay, sweet. So sweet. in Lay, it's just, there's so many army bases there. It's like a huge army location. Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, and actually, that's, that's how hockey was brought to that location is a Canadian team essentially like a army team army people were sent to that location and then they were like well there's ice and we're canadian mm -hmm. let's start playing hockey i think this is like back in the 1940s or like 1950s that, yeah. makes like sense <laughs> and like they were bored so they're like well it's obviously play hockey it's nice out and uh they left all their gear and they taught kind of some of the local hockey um army teams how to play mm -hmm. and they just started keep playing so every kind of like army division I'm probably saying the words wrong. Division kind of has their own team, and they play against yeah. each other all throughout the winter. Well, it's a good way to like stay in shape and you know camaraderie and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you know, discipline. Better, so. Yeah, might as well just pass the time. You know. But like, um, there's still a very high conflict. So we didn't go to Pakistan. We didn't go really that close. But they were saying we went to this one river that flows into Pakistan, and they're like, yeah, there's still high like conflict. high conflict, yeah. and then even. There's this one lake that we went to on the other side where half of it's in China and half of it's in India. And they said like, a skirmish had broken out a couple days earlier. Oh, shit. And they hadn't used guns, but there's like soldiers throwing rocks at each other from both sides. Because they knew if they, they started guns, then like a huge thing would break out. So no one really wanted to be responsible for that. But it's still like still fighting. It's mostly military in that region. Yeah. With just like a few small villages and that that just kind of support the military really. Uh -huh. When you fly in delay, um, it's just like all military in the airports with full on like their AK 47s and that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you even have to check in with them that you did arrive to lay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're very engulfed in like a military base. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Right on. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit daunting when you're seeing that much military around. Like, not as much as obviously North Korea like when you were there for that presence, but. Uh, yeah. Like still like oh, okay yeah like this is this, <laughs> this is, is uh, half the population is military people yeah. <laughs> right on yeah <laughs> and then, yeah driving through the pass there's a few military bases in there and uh, that pass is it's, it's 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 an interesting drive it's all through the mountains and it's mostly single lane on dirt roads and then you end up passing like military caravans that. Is on a single lane road on a yeah. huge cliff. Yeah. So that was quite the experience. And it You're was just, about four hours of that. Just turning into their convoys. Well, I was like, yeah, we're part of a military yeah, convoy. Like, Hopefully no one each, shoots yeah. at us. We passed <laughs> each other and like, you like barely have enough room. And like the Indian drivers, they're awesome. Yeah. Like those.
those guys. Just they just knew it was going. Yeah, yeah, it's another day, another day. Meanwhile, the convoys had chain, were all chained up, and we're in like your typical shitty Subaru. With, we're like, well, hopefully there's some tread left on here, but <laughs> not gonna look too closely, I guess. Actually, our driver was good and our car was good, but I looked at some of the treads because to get over to the elevation game, it was like about 50 cars. We all kind of like jammed into cars based mm-hmm. on our teams. I looked at some of the treads on some of the tires. And I'm like, Ugh, those are bald. So I, looked at, <laughs> I looked at ours. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's. We're good. We're, we're good. good. We even got stuck for a split second. Yeah. We, we stopped got... to take a picture and we were on kind of an icy oh, spot. Oh, yeah. But we were like offering to push the driver and he's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> back and forth and got going. We're like, all right. Yeah, you can move to Calgary in a day you yeah. want, but you know how to drive in this weather. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. That was a cool experience. Like, if anyone got the chance to drive over those passes, I'd say do it once. That's enough. It's like stressful. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting to that one hour mark, guys. Um, I think what we're going to do is just um, break this up into two episodes. So we'll make it a part one, part two. So anybody that's listening, sorry we didn't get it all finished up. Just got to remember what we we're talking about before or maybe re-listen to it and then listen to the part two. Um, yeah, sweet. All right. So we're going to hit the end button here and continue on. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again. Um, we're, it's going to seem like we're gone for two weeks, but really, we're not that gone. So well, there was, There's a lot of talked about, so um, yeah, sorry if it seemed like we were rambling on a bit, but uh, it's it's a cool trip. So oh, well, we want to be very yeah. thorough with it. It's worth yeah. listening to, yeah. <laughs> we want to dive right into it. All right, well, thanks a lot there, Misty and Kyle, and uh, yeah, we'll just jump right on here, but it's going to seem like we've been gone forever. All right, later, listeners.